Welcome to Life Center Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and our church, visit lifecenternyc.com. God is good. He's so good. <clears throat> Merry Christmas. It's, uh, you know, it's just, I love Christmas. It's an exciting time. And, uh, but I think sometimes we get caught up in some of the, the busyness and the, the craziness of Christmas and we miss the real miracle of Christmas. And the, the miracle of Christmas is the incarnation, which is that God chose to become a man. Not only to become a man, but to be born in the most humble of circumstances in the most vulnerable of circumstances and come to earth to redeem you and I and all those who had put our faith in him. And it's, it's just, it's astounding. You know, when we, we talk about, we sing Joy to the World, it's, you know, the angels were singing Joy to the World in, in Luke 2, right? The, the shepherds saw them in the fields. And it truly is, it's, it's God's plan and purpose to restore all things to, to how they rightfully were meant to be. How many would love to be back in the Garden of Eden? You know, just walking with God in the cool of the day, no worries, no cares, just walking in fellowship. And that's, that's ultimately God's plan for us to walk in that intimate communion, no cares, no worries, fellowship with him, fellowship with one another, and just enjoy all that God has for us. Unfortunately, sin broke into the world. There was a, a falling away. And uh, we, we all look around in our own lives and others. You know, we see the, what happens with that. But God refused. I mean, this is good news. He refused to leave us like that. And, and we'll, I'll touch on it in a minute. Let's turn. Can you turn with me to Matthew I want to read a little bit of the Christmas story, and then I want to inter, interweave it with some of the prophetic words that were spoken about the coming Messiah and why this truly is such good news. Matthew chapter 1, beginning of verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. I'm reading out of the New King James Version for those who are wondering about that. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make a public example of her, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth the Son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with a child and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. 
So way back in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, you can write it down and look it up. A word was spoken. The Lord himself said, I will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and, and shall call his name Emmanuel. God with us. Now, often when you think that the creator of the world would come in, uh, you would, you, most people would have thought he would have come in as, as a, a conquering king. As a matter of fact, I think um, because this was shrouded in the mystery of, 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 the, of, of the gospel, in other words, it wasn't revealed to everyone, people didn't understand. Most of the Jewish people in those days who had, were looking for Messiah were actually looking for the conquering king. They were looking for one who was going to restore the, uh, the kingdom that David and Solomon had established where uh, the majestic kingdom uh, and, and set up his rule on earth. But something had to happen first. Jesus had to go to the cross. He came with a, with a purpose. He was, he was born with an assignment from the Lord. He was born to go to the cross, to shed his blood on the cross so that he could restore you and I into fellowship with the Father in heaven. He was, John the Baptist, when he saw him, he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Everything in the Old Testament leading up to the birth of Christ was pointing to this suffering Messiah who would come and take our sins on himself. That's why this is such good news. You know, often when we, we talk even about this, the, you know, the second coming, the return of Christ, a lot of people are very fearful. Um, we of all people should not be afraid at all. This, is, this would be the greatest thing that could ever happen, for Jesus to return and put all things right. He's the one who loves our soul. It is, I'm really hot up here. I don't know if it's, is this. Is anybody else warm? Yeah, okay. I do have a sweater on, but I'm not going to disrobe at this point. So, so this was such great news. And, and it, it should really, when we realize what Christ has done, what God did, you see, it wasn't, any part of, of ours. It wasn't something that we did that he responded to. God, the scripture tells us he first loved us. And he so loved us that he gave his only begotten son. One of the reasons we give gifts, it's, it's because we recognize the gift we've received. And out of, out of that generosity of heart where God blessed us, we want to bless others. And so even Keith touched on it in the offering. How can we give more than what God has already done? He came, took on flesh, and gave everything. You know, we really have very, no excuse for not just living completely for him because he gave us everything. Turn with me to Isaiah 59, beginning at verse 14. Isaiah, at this, just leading up to this, these scriptures is, is lamenting about the state of, of the world, of Israel, of, of, of what he sees going on. 
And beginning in verse 14, he says, Justice is turned back, and righteousness stands afar off. For truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. So truth fails. And he who departs from evil makes himself the target of, of, of his enemies or of prey. The Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no justice. And then look at verse 16. He saw that there was no man, and he wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm brought forth salvation, and his own righteousness, it sustained him. His own arm <clears throat> brought forth salvation. He became the Savior. When there was no one who could do it, he took it on. This, this, is, this is the Christmas miracle. I, I, I think we get so caught up in the other parts of, of Christmas that we miss that without the incarnation, we'd be completely lost. Without the, the cross, without the, the crucifixion and, and the resurrection, we would have no hope. But this all together, that he was willing to become a man, to come to earth, to live such a humble life, and then to be unjustly crucified on the cross. This is, this is the love of God for us. This is the love of God for us. His own arm brought forth salvation and his own righteousness that sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and he was clad with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, accordingly, he will repay. Fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies. The coastlands will he, <clears throat> he will fully repay. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. The Redeemer will come to Zion and to those who turn from transgression in Jacob, says the Lord. When the enemy comes in like a flood, just when it looks like there's no hope, everything seems dark, God breaks in. God always breaks in. He doesn't fail. He is love. God doesn't love. He actually is love. And love never fails. And, and that's, that's our Redeemer. This is why this is good news. Christmas is such good news because it's God came to earth and became a man. And he took all that we deserved on himself. And he paid the punishment for our sins that we could be made righteous and live in relationship with him. Let's go back to, let's turn to Luke chapter 2, beginning of verse 4. Emmanuel, God with us. Okay, in Luke 2, beginning of verse 4, it says, Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. 
to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered of child. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were, I mean, just think about that, guys. This is Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, the the Son of God. He comes to earth and he's born in a manger. I mean, the humility, you know, in Philippians, it talks about Jesus being in the form of God, didn't think equality with God was something to be sought after. Instead, he humbled himself and became a man. The, the humility of Christ is something that we really need to focus on and, and ask the Lord to increase in our lives, to walk with the, the humility that Christ walked with. And he was born in very humble circumstances. There was no room at the inn. And he, he ended up being born in, a, in an animal's manger or, or a trough where they would feed, they, they laid him in the trough in swaddling clothes because there was no room at the inn. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock at night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. I mean, think of all of heaven is watching this. The angels are looking over the balcony of heaven and watching what's taking place on earth. And they're, and then they appear to the shepherds. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. You know, before I was saved and People would, would witness to me. I, I was very apprehensive about all of this stuff. I, I really didn't understand that this was good news. I, I, it actually made me very fearful. I think it made me fearful because it required a response that I wasn't quite ready to enter into. You know, when you, and especially as you get, you come to know the truth and you, you're, you're in that precipice of, do I accept Christ or not? Do I give my life or not? It, it's, I feel like it's, it's like a narrow edge of a sword, and you can, you can fall either way. And I, I, I can remember, even having received Christ, it's like, am I really going to do this? Like, am I, am I going to go through with this? Because it demanded, it demanded a response. I couldn't live the life that I was living before. It demanded a change in how I conducted myself in response to what God had done for me. And I was a long time personally in that, in that state of knowing but not surrendering. I don't know how many of you were like that. Just you came to a place, some people come to an understanding, and then they just give their lives right away. God deals with everyone differently. But I, I walked in a tension of, oh, my goodness, this is true, but do I, am I going to do this? And God's merciful, and he's, and he's so gracious, and constantly pouring out grace. That's what the Christmas story is about, grace. We did nothing to deserve this, but God, out of his love, 
wanting to be in relationship with you and I took on flesh. So in his mercy with me, he just kept drawing me and wooing me and showing me. And I had, I had situations where I can remember one time driving on a highway, uh, getting on a BQE, um, uh, leaving, coming from where, where LaGuardia Airport would be, and it was like uh, an S-turn. It turns one way and then the other. And the car I was driving, I was 20 years old, probably had bald tires because I didn't want to spend the money on new tires. I'm, I'm imagining, I don't know, but it was, it was slightly raining, and I come out of one turn, I turn the other, and then my car went into this, started spinning 360 degrees. And I'm in this tension of knowing the truth but not really surrendering. And my car, and I, and it, it, I crash up onto, there was like a grass shoulder, uh, and there's a cemetery over there, and I crashed up into this grass shoulder. The car spun around, and I ended up between two trees. If I would have hit the trees, I that would have been it. And I ended up between two trees, and as I'm spinning, I'm saying, oh, no. <laughs> Literally, this is going on in my mind. I haven't made, I haven't surrendered to Christ because I was in the tension of, of knowing but not surrendering in that place where you know God's drawing you, but I just wasn't ready to give up a lifestyle that wasn't pleasing to him. And, 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 and it stopped, and I got out of my car, and I was shaking. And I walked around, and the back tire that hit this curb that before went on the shoulder was like, the rim was just bent, like it was really bad. I don't know how the tire didn't deflate, but the rim was a mess. And uh, I walked around the car. That, the only thing that was really damaged was the rim. And I, but I was aware of God. And I was aware that he was giving me a second chance. And he was just saying, your life is a vapor. You know, you, you, you think you're 20 years old and I got plenty of time, but you don't know. You just don't know. And I got back in my car and I, I drove home a little slower. I didn't, I didn't repent at that moment. But God was showing me. Some, some, some months later, I, was, uh, I hung out with a very Irish crowd. I was up in a, in a bar. And uh, we were, I was shooting pool. And it was like a gathering spot for my friends and other, you know, other guys. And, and you had friends and you had guys who you're friends with, but just different levels of friendship. There were some guys that were a little younger that I wasn't very friendly with, but I, I played pool up at the bar with them and, and things. And this young guy, his, uh, his family owned some of the, the junkyards that, were, that used to be by, used to be Shea Stadium, now it's MetLife Stadium, but they were in that area. I don't even know if they're still there. And he had gotten under one of the cars. He was taking, removing a gas tank from a car. It was at lunchtime, so everybody was, like, taking a lunch break. They wasn't around. The, the car slipped off whatever jack or whatever was holding it up and crushed him. He was, you know, I was 20 or 21 years old at the time. He was about a year younger than me. I remember coming up to the bar, and this is this sometime after this other incident happened, and they told me, the guy, his name was Pal. 
don't know if that was his real name, and that's what they called him, but um, they told me, oh, did you hear about Pal? I says, no. He says, yeah, he died. The, he was, and they told me the story, car fell on him, he got crushed. And all I could think of, did Pal know Jesus? You know, and I was, I was shaking again because the Holy Spirit was drawing me. And I, was, I wasn't living the life. And God used all these things to catch my attention. And I'm sure if I had each of you come up here, you could share your story of the things that God was using all along to get your attention, to show you just because you're young doesn't mean you're invincible. Doesn't mean you have all this time you can repent whenever because your life can be taken in a moment. Make peace with God. And I know even now God's speaking to you in the Christmas story because he so loved you that he refused to leave you without hope. And he provided a way for you to have relationship with God. And that's what the Christmas story is all about. It's that God came to earth to live a life that we couldn't live. He lived a sinless life. And then he died a sacrificial death that he didn't deserve, actually that you and I deserved. He died on the cross, shed his blood so that we could have relationship back to God. He was the worthy lamb of God that John the Baptist recognized. He said, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. <clears throat> and that's our God. So the angels declare, because that's, that's really good news. Like when, when you can break through the fog that's over people's heads and you get to share this with them, this is good news. God actually really likes you. And he would like to have a relationship with you. And if you would just respond to him, He'll open up all of heaven to you. But it does require a response. It can't be done our way. A lot of people want to do it. I'll, I'll do it my way. No, it has to be his way. But he's made the way. So the angel of the Lord stood before the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were, the shepherds were greatly afraid. And the angel said, don't be afraid. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was <clears throat> with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts, a heavenly choir, if you will, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace and goodwill to men. Sometimes I think we read right past that. Peace, which means we, we can have peace with God. And goodwill to men because he wants us, he wants the good for us. Peace and goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and check this out what the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had, when they had been, 
had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. There were many witnesses to this. They told everybody. And this account is, is, is written based on the witness's testimony. It's interesting. I was reading a book by Lee Strobel, The Case for Christmas, and it's, he's got a longer book, The Case for Christ, and it, just, it lays out all the prophetic words that were written in, uh, beginning in Genesis all the, way through, all the way through the Old Testament in the Psalms and the Prophets, talking about the coming Messiah and laying out how Jesus would, would be born. And this, this is good news, guys. This is really good news. And I think if we start to just ponder the Christmas story and what Christ has done, it's, it's life-transforming. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. Can we just stand... I want to speak a blessing over you guys. The Lord is for you. He actually rejoices and smiles over your lives. He, he, he really does. I think you, you need, sometimes, you know, we try to live the Christian life, and by human nature, we fall into trying to do things instead of leaning into the grace of God. And, and because of that, it, it sometimes can become burdensome. But if you lean into the grace of God and lean into your relationship with him and what he's already done, he, he provides a way for you. He provides a way. You don't have to figure it out. You know, Paul said to the Galatians, you foolish Galatians, having started out in the spirit, do you think you're now made perfect in the flesh? And <clears throat> it's so important that we allow the Holy Spirit to go deep and work in our lives. He's given us a gift. Thank you, Lord. He's given us the gift of his son. The Bible says he, he, he held nothing back from us. He gave us his very own son. How much more then when we respond to him will he not freely give us all things? The response of the heart, there's only one response of the heart. It's the response that I struggled with in that time between kind of coming to an understanding of the truth and surrendering. And that response is the surrender. You can't do anything to earn righteousness. But you do have to surrender. You have to say, not my way, God, but your way. There may be people here this morning on this Christmas day. Maybe you're in that tension between knowing and fully surrendering. The grace of God is here right now. Today is really that, that day of salvation. It's the day of where you can lay it all at his feet. 
tomorrow is not promised to any of us. But this is really good news. This is, I'm going to say it again, this is really good news. He loves you so much. I, I, just, I just feel the heart of Jesus beckoning each one of us. Some of you have surrendered and then gone back. If you've been around a little bit, in Christianese, we call it backsliding. I don't know if that's actually in the Bible, but maybe it is. I think there is a scripture on backsliding, but it means sliding back into an old, old habits, old ways that we know aren't right. I just want to say on this, this Christmas day, when we celebrate what Christ did over 2,000 years ago, if that is speaking to your heart, I want to pray with you. Some of our pastoral team and some of our prayer ministry team are here. We want to pray with you. This is really, really good news. And he's for you. He's not against you. Having freely given us his own son. He wants to fill us with his Holy Spirit, which he promised to all those who believe in him. So if you're here this morning and you just you just feel like you need more of the Holy Spirit, I just I open up the altar to you as well. If you just want to embrace this good news, I just say, why don't you come on up forward? We'll pray for you. We're going to go back into worship and then we'll, we'll dismiss. We hope you enjoyed the message. You can also follow us on Instagram at LifeCenterNYC or YouTube at LifeCenterChurchNYC.